Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, depending on when you're listening to this. This is episode 14 of the Strongcast, and we are joined today by Team Strong member, Beef Titan, and Mr. Universe, Josh Mele. Welcome, Josh. Hello, thank you for having me. You're more than welcome. It's about time, to be honest. We, uh, <laughs> we need to have more of the athletes on, and obviously you are, um, you are our elitist athlete. Um, for those who don't know, if you could just outline a little bit about where you're at at the moment and when you started, that'd be fantastic. Cool. Yeah, so I am reaching my, my decade mark of competing. I first competed in 2010. I won't go through kind of all the shows, but, it, you know, it's been a progressive and patient journey. Um, I suppose culminating with the, winning the Pro Mr. Universe last year in 2019 after winning the Amateur Mr. Universe in 2017. So they're the kind of two big ones. And, yeah, bodybuilding has been 10 years of competing, probably 12 years of focused training towards, towards where I'm at now. So with the Stromcast, we try and focus on a fairly simple topic um, and then not overcomplicate it. So the, the thing we want to talk to Josh about specifically uh, is approaching training for someone who's naturally always been tall and thin. Because I know there's a lot of you out there, there's people who ask about this, um, people who struggle to gain weight, people who have always felt that they're going to be lanky forever. Um, Josh mentioned already, it's been 12 very patient years, and I suspect that will be a theme to what he wants to talk about. But... If you are someone who has always struggled to gain weight, um, where should you start? What are the things that are important? And what are the things that you maybe don't need to worry about? Um, so without further ado, how small were you? So when I was, so, so I, I, I kind of started bodybuilding or started training in the gym about 19 years old, having been a kind of decent level swimmer for nine years. Um, and I was then 80... 85 kilos um and now i'm i don't know what it, i just weighed myself because i thought it'd be fun i'm 334 pounds which i think is like 150 wow. kilos so to put that into perspective i know there'll be people listening to this going oh 85 kilos that's fairly big but 85 kilos when you're six foot six six foot eight six or six six foot six sorry when, when you're six foot six 85 kilos is not not that much i'm six foot and I'm 110 kilos. So you're, what, 150 kilos now? So 150 kilos yeah. is about what Badger yeah. weighs, except Badger's six foot and carrying a little bit more body fat than Josh. <laughs> yeah, so that was kind of my starting point. Um, and initially, I think, you know, it, it's going to come down to three things. Um, it's training, it's food. And for me, a big one was, was mindset. And I'll, I'll start with that just because coming from from a swimming background and I suppose this is where like maybe I differ from from some guys um you know some people might just be skinny and that they're because they've skinny they've been skinny they've never really done much sport um anyone who's done sport will know it kind of promotes a level of um focus and commitment that you can kind of do something so although I never felt self-confident image-wise I've always been confident in my ability to kind of get shit done um so from the start, I had, I suppose I had that benefit. Um, but at the same time, it's something that, you know, you cultivate by, by doing things anyway. Um, it's one thing I always preach now is you just make sure that every single day you make the best out of it. And, you know, 12 years down the line, you could be where I'm at. <laughs> it's yeah, um, your body weight. Yeah, exactly. Like never once did I think I wanted to win Mr. Universe. Never once did I think I wanted to be, you know, 
anything. I remember like thinking, fuck it, 100 kilos, that'd be really cool, wouldn't it? Um, and, and then I got there and still looked lanky and, you know. Before we started recording, I, I said to you, um, I guess for someone who's just starting out and feels like they've always been tall and skinny, looking at where you're at now might seem impossible. And I guess there's an element of genetics. Not everybody will be able to be Mr. Universe, but um, small steps, I suppose, is the key with not just with naturally skinny people, with all bodybuilding. Absolutely. And, you know, I, um, I think I, know I was at like the perfect point. Social media hadn't kicked off. Yeah. So why, you know, right now people will look at me and like, you know, they'll go six or six, 100 kilos. I'm never going to be that. I never had anything like that to compare to. So, yeah. you know, that was, you know, one thing I would say is, you know, by all means, be motivated by people, but don't compare yourself to anybody because it will just more than likely knock you back. Um, that's one kind of negative we have. Obviously, the positives are you're going to do a podcast like this and tell everyone to ignore it. So. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it makes complete sense. Um, I, if you've been training 12 years, I think I started training at, at 15, 16. So Christ, I'm old now. So I'm coming on 16 years and sound old as fuck, but we didn't have phones. You went to the gym because you enjoyed it. Yeah. You know, and, and you didn't necessarily have to, you didn't have to set a goal because no one gave a fuck. Yeah. So like I've always, you know, my, my initial whatever a lot of people i think if you're skinny the main thing you're going to suffer with um is is confidence in your image because if you're tall and skinny you stick out and not in a particularly good way um unless you just so happen to really like that look which i think as a man a lot of people probably wouldn't would rather be bigger yeah so my my starting goal was get get bigger get stronger feel more confident um you know i have a kind of personality trait that I get very committed and kind of into things you know that was built up through swimming very religiously and it just kind of transferred over into training in the gym um, because I had that sort of level of commitment from the start even though I didn't have the knowledge it put me on the right path maybe quicker than some yeah so you know I think making sure that you actually have you're doing it for the right reasons you know it always comes it comes down to that and at what point did you go from training to be a bit bigger and a bit stronger to I think I want to bodybuild um so I did my first show in 2010 um and that was just that was a friend saying um you should compete there's this class it was the classic class at the time so it was done on like a height and weight thing and I could kind of fit into it um but even then like I didn't I it hadn't crossed my mind until that point. Like I just love training. Um, and on the topic of training, like obviously that is a huge part. The, there aren't any real differences between training as a skinny guy or training as a fat guy or a short guy or a tall guy. Because even within those categories, there are going to be kind of different things you need to consider. Um, you kind of science guys that will argue about uh, different training styles with different body types, stuff like that. Um, yeah. And I've, I've often seen it, it talked about, you know, naturally skinnier guys should maybe train with less volume because they, they burn more calories or whatever. But I've seen you train and you train for fucking hours. Yes. I mean, so this is where, again, like the swimming comes into play because I went from doing like a 40 hour training week to training two hours a day, six days a week, 12 hours a week. So that is still more than I would promote for a lot of people. It's a lot more than I do now. Yeah. But obviously the transition at the time wasn't 
kind of uh, it was it was no big deal especially given that I wasn't very strong so I wasn't really taxing myself too much I was I was pushing hard for me yeah. but in the grand scheme of sort of overall fatigue I wasn't really building it up um and like I said I love training um I'll go into the gym now and if I didn't have a plan I would just be in there for hours doing everything and anything um but I was very fortunate in uh, early doors to fall in with one of my colleagues who was a powerlifter and I built up the courage he was a big dude benching 250 kilos squatting 300 plus and you know and I was there kind of maybe a 100 kilo bench and not doing as much um but I kind of got in with him he could he saw that I was very committed even if I didn't have a clue and um was quite willing to just let me kind of partake so that was a really good thing and obviously the level of kind of intensity that I could then draw upon and the way that the programming was structured around strength um obviously put me in a really good place I still did my volume because it satisfied that kind of need at the end of the day you know you can do the best training plan on paper but if you don't enjoy work as well um and i think you know a lot of people really throw themselves into training systems that other people do because they preach about them but if it doesn't feel good and you don't enjoy it you know don't do it like why did you start training to feel better you know so do something you enjoy do you feel that that focus on strength-based training early doors was was a help then um because i know you'll get so many different schools of thought on this but Another person uh, that we're all familiar with, Reese, is insistent that, that he found compound movements um, was was really beneficial early on, for, again, for someone who was naturally perhaps slimmer. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I I think it just sets such a, a good foundation. Um, I think there are things to consider in terms of what age you're going to get into it. Like, when you're quite young, you're, you know, your body's in quite a good position physically to you know perform certain movements and at that point you're unlikely to have accrued too many niggles or injuries if any um it's obviously like the older you get the more maybe you need to be aware of from a bodybuilding point of view anyway certain compound movements that might be slightly higher risk um but in my early days it was a huge benefit to to get stuck into those and and to to get an understanding of what i suppose like actually pushing a set really fucking hard meant um because although like the guy i trained with was a powerlifter he did you know hard he was his name's rich ellis i don't know if you've ever come across him but like yeah yeah so like he's one of the people that jordan actually kind of refers back to a fair bit and he was just uh he he worked at the university uh loughborough where i went to uni and then worked and, and yeah like he put me on a very very good path and I've credited many for it. University of Loughborough seems to have been a, a, a spawning ground for lots of people that went on to be very very well in the industry. Yeah and again it comes down to environment and I, and to be honest I think everybody out of Loughborough who's done anything will have passed through Rich at some point. Yeah. Um, Dr he, Matthews talked about him at length as well. Yeah so I, I think that around I don't know if um, Chris would have remembered but I don't know if we actually trained together or we certainly were like overlapping in the training group when he was training with Rich as well. Um, Cause I, I remember him and yeah. So, so that was kind of the training side of things. Obviously since then it's developed um, 
a little bit more in terms of both specificity and kind of understanding. In terms of training, is there anything that you spent time on that you, looking back you think was a waste of time? Um, it's okay I'm, if the answer is no, you can be perfect. I'm just one of these frustrating people who like, I'm really grateful for everything that I've done. And like, I, I learn a lot better by kind of maybe doing things not right. I think I certainly did a lot more volume than I needed to do. Yeah. Um, and that was just the whole mentality of more is better. It's a very being young as well, though. I mean, I, I remember recovering or no, I don't remember recovering. I remember just being recovered. Yeah. Like you don't remember being like sore or, you know, fatigued. I mean, the feelings I get these days, I'm like, this is different level. You wake um, up every day and you think you've got a hangover and you realise actually it's just that you're in your 30s. You're just wondering what might kind of go into spasm or tweak or break. Yeah. So, well, no, that's, that's fair enough. Um, you know, I think lots of people have gone down incorrect paths for training, but it sounds like you've been fairly focused on the same goal. You haven't chopped and changed. Yeah, I mean, that is one thing that frustrates me now when I get clients who go like, oh, can I have a new training plan? And I'll look and it'll be like six weeks or eight weeks. Um, when, when I was at, so I worked at the university, I think until the age of 20, 26. Um, and probably for those, there were probably about four years where I won't have changed my training kind of at all. And then after that, I then moved um to working in a personal training facility in Nottingham M10 which is quite focused on I've heard of M10. yeah quite focused on the very the real specifics of training um and then I suppose I, I tweaked things a little bit I kind of took what I liked and knew worked and I tweaked it a bit and then again the training plan since then until recently um hasn't it's kind of rotated but the actual kind of ethos and a lot of the the movements are the same um so i mean patience is a big thing you know we talked about it and or highlighted earlier 12 years of patient training and if you're if you're skinny and if you're tall you're you well if you're skinny you, you probably your body doesn't want to put on tissue terribly easily you need to put on three pounds to look like a short guy that's put on one pound exactly so that and, and like muscle doesn't go on quicker for taller guys it goes on at the same rate you know as long as everything's in order so therefore just by simple maths you see that that process is going to take a lot longer yeah um and i think like i said i never focused on an end goal so that that kind of constant focus on tomorrow put me in quite a good stead like stead because i didn't fantasize or you know hit a certain point and be like oh i'm not where i should be um, the most common thing we'll get with guys that are in that position is, and I'm sure you're probably bored of people saying it, oh, but I just can't eat anymore. Which has <coughs> frustrated me because as a, as a natural feeder, I, I don't really get it. But I'm sure that just physically eating enough can be difficult. It's frustrating from the perspective of someone who does a lot with nutrition when you've got guys that are 65, 70 kilos saying that they eat loads and loads and they just can't gain weight. The, the fact is that if you're 70 kilos and you're not gaining weight, you're not eating loads. But I suppose it's a matter of perspective. Um, have you frozen? He's frozen. Josh is dead. See if he comes back.
I think it still records this. Ah, you were alive. I thought it was you. I was just about to message, but you said no, Josh. I just messaged you and asked if you were dead. No. So you, you froze when we were talking about um, being sick of, of kind of skinnier guys. Yeah, I, I'm recording at this end anyway, um, because I'm recording on this computer, but but we still will get people to go, oh, you don't understand, they eat loads and they just can't gain weight. And I'm sure they feel that way. I'm sure from, <laughs> from their perspective, they genuinely feel that way. But the fact is that they're simply not. Um, it, it's a simple matter of maths. And I'm sure that you now have to eat a significant amount more than 90 kilo Josh had to eat. And 90 kilo Josh probably felt like he was eating a lot. Yeah, so... Uh... Weirdly enough, like 90 kilo, well, 110, 120 kilo Josh ate because he really, at that point, believed that there was no ceiling to how much you could eat. Right. And therefore, the more you ate, the bigger you would get. Um, so, I mean, I, I mean, I ate a lot and I, I've always worked out calories back then. I was just doing it on kind of notepad. I always work out calories by just the main macronutrients. Yeah. So I remember diets where it was six and a half, seven thousand calories worked out through the main macronutrients. If you put that on my fitness pal, it's probably going to be eight, nine thousand. Yeah. Um, right now, like the, the macros or the calories I'm on are about five and a half, six thousand. So realistically, it's probably about six and a half, seven. Yeah. Um, but back then, like, I would do everything in my power just to kind of make every every week in a, like an off-season gaining phase, irrespective of if my weight was going up, I would take my food up. Yeah. Um, it was potentially stupid, but at the same time, it got me very heavy. And I think in the sort of Lee Priest-esque kind of way, getting that big and that fat actually put tissue on me quicker than had I tried to stay leaner. I, I, I completely get that it's out of fashion at the moment, but I still think that every massive bodybuilder has at some point had to get massively fat. Yeah, I mean, like I've got photos from a wedding where my face looks like an absolute watermelon. Yeah, um, but, you know, Jay Cutler's yeah. done it, Ronnie's done it, Dorian's done it. Um, I remember Luke speaking about having done it. Everybody that's got really massive has at some point gone through a long off-season of a year or two where they've had to really, really push it. And then once you've got those big slabs of muscle, I guess you can, you can polish. Yeah, so I mean, now, like, I, I still push off seasons, but I'm, I suppose this is, like, almost the, 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 the downside of having more experience and more knowledge is, like, I'm a lot more in tune with my kind of digestion and my appetite and, you know, the negative impact of pushing food is hard. Whereas before, it was just, like, again, same as the training, more is better. But um, although I know that you still feel like you're skinny, which is ridiculous, um, you've kind of done the bulk of the, the work in terms of mass gain. Yeah. You know, I know you'd probably like to add another 5, 10, 15 kilos here, there and everywhere, but the, the, the vast slabs have, have gone on. Um, so from what you said there, it sounds like you've never really had a problem with getting the food in because you've just seen it as a necessary thing you've got to do. Yeah, I mean, I've not enjoyed it. Like, I remember kind of peak peak food. It was verge of being sick often being sick normally calling an off season 
like calling it a day when I wasn't holding food down and I was eating, being sick, having a shake, keeping that down yeah. and, you know, trying to continue to force. And I guess that's the difference between the people that go out and do it and the guys who sit there going, oh, it's really hard. Yeah, it's really hard. It's, it's, you know, as someone who's always been a bit of a fat cunt, yeah. um, I've had, when I've cared about how I look, I've felt like I've had to constantly restrict. Neither of those things are easy. If you want to get the results, you do it. If you don't, that's fine, but don't moan about it. Yes, exactly. Like, I, I, like I said, I always, I just wanted to be better. Like I didn't, I didn't know where I was going with it. I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, I didn't compete every year from 2010 to 2019. I took two years off, two years off, 2012, 2014. But that's what perhaps need to do. Yeah, you know, like, like, you know, tissue, like we said, tissue doesn't go on overnight. And if you're tall and you're trying to compete every year and you're giving yourselves, you know, if you're meticulous, you might have six months of growing, Um, which... Actually, I mean, I know you'll see and you'll hear people say, oh, that's like I'll put on six, ten pounds. But realistically, you're probably not. And my Especially six or ten pounds heavier on stage at the same condition. Mm. You know, um, and that was my comparison point. Like I, I every time I got on stage, though, so I remember being 108 kilos in my first show, 118 the two years later, 126 two years later. And then from there. I've competed every year and I'm now like about 131, 32. So again, I suppose in the same breath, if people want to compete every year, get a little bit softer in their off season, get in shape again, and they enjoy being in shape, they never want to get too far out of shape, that's cool. But particularly for people who are going to struggle to gain weight, you're not going to progress like that. Yeah, it's like if you like competing for the sake of competing, brilliant. If you like bodybuilding to progress, like competing for me is an avenue to assess my progress. Yeah. Um, and, you know, although I've achieved things, I've never um, like gone out to achieve those things. I've just gone out and I want to look back at the pictures from last year or the year before, whenever it is, and be like, okay, that's a better version of me. Um, In terms of food, before we move on, is there anything specific that you've, you've had to do or you found works for you? Or have you just been quite old school and got on with it? Um, I mean, so, so recently, um, I w- would take the current kind of setup of things because this is, you know, reaching the heaviest I've ever been. And I feel really good. The food's going in very, very easily. Um, you know, I personally find if you eat shit food, you're going to feel shitter. Yeah. Um, so my diet is not squeaky clean, but it's 90, 95% what people would probably class as kind of clean food. Yeah. Um, and that is just, I think, from like a, like I said, a well-being point of view. Um, I've been, you know, 150 kilos before and I've not been in this condition and I've been eating, you know, differently and I felt like, I felt, felt horrendous. Yeah. And that's one thing now, I never want to sort of feel that bad again. I'm willing to push, but I don't want to feel terrible. Well, it's um, performance in the gym as well. It's not just about how you walk around. If you yeah. I mean, it affects everything, you know, walking in the gym (laughs) is an issue, let alone training. Um, But then with the food itself, uh, it's choosing things that like I, that sit well with me and that I enjoy as much as possible. Um, So I eat a lot of white fish just because it's a good protein source and it's very light, you know, on me. I can eat a lot of it. Sure, it doesn't taste amazing. But it's a lot quicker to eat than like going through 250 grams, 300 grams of chicken breast. Yeah. Um, 
so you know things like that i'm not um against using shakes i mean i have three three shakes a day um so and then, a lot of people do that and they don't admit to it because there's a weird stigma around shakes yeah people want to be hardcore it's just i mean if if the argument people always use well if you use what if you have one person who gets all their nutrition from shakes and another person who gets all the nutrition from food, the one that gets all the nutrition from food is going to feel better. Well, of course they are, but that's a ridiculous comparison. Yeah, if, someone, if someone's getting all their nutrition from food and they're eating 7,000 calories, they're probably going to be shitting pit like water. Yeah. So um, um, I, I, I've never really got that. I, I have no issue with shakes whatsoever, as long as there's a baseline of good whole food, which of course there is. Yeah, so like four of my meals are, are solid. Just out of interest. What? What shape do you use, or do you make one? Uh, so I, I use, I've got the Lost Way, which obviously goes is like the main kind of thing. Um, in my morning, like I have a shake and I have eggs, so that's like a kind of combo meal. Pre-workout, I suppose pre-workout's a meal because it's cream of rice and whey. Um, I have a shake post-workout and I have a shake pre-bed because I don't like to eat. My food tends to get a little bit crammed towards the end of the day anyway. Yeah. And the last meal before bed, I'll just have a shake and um, I'll just have some like olive oil with that. And that's a big like thing as well. When I was really struggling to kind of get food in, if you're just looking at calories, just drink oil. <laughs> yeah, um, I think it's one of the powerlifters who said, uh, don't tell me you can't gain weight until you've eaten olive oil on pizza. Yeah, so I mean, I just used to like, I used to take a like a 500 mil bottle with me in my work bag. Yeah. And I would just have like a slug or two. I just drink it out of the bottle. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and a slug or two with each meal. And, you know, that's probably going to be an extra two, three hundred calories. In terms of energy, it's, it's as good as you can get. Um, yeah. The reason I asked, uh, it's, it's sacrilege even admitting this, but I actually really like uh, Redcon's MRE. Okay. Which probably no one expected me to say, but I think it's <laughs> Yeah, no, so I've never, um, like, it's been lost away or just a, a way isolate. Yeah. They're, they're the, the, like, and again, you know, it comes down to what sits with you. Like, you know, if you're just to listening to this and you're, yeah, well, if you're listening to this and thinking, oh, I'll have three shakes a day, but then you feel really rough because of it, then don't, like, <laughs> yeah. like it's, just, it's not, there's no magic. It's just what kind of fits and what's. It's just food, you know. What works well. Yeah, like, I eat a lot of fruit because it tastes amazing. Um, and, you know, that really kind of breaks up meals. I have fruit after every meal. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's my sweet tooth satisfied. Um, fantastic it, shits. Yes, yeah. You know, okay. they are on, on cue. Yeah. Um, so I guess normally when I speak to people who have been naturally skinny and they've gained a decent amount of weight, they'll talk about how hard it was um, to gain weight and they'll talk about all the things they had to do nutritionally and tricks. And it sounds like you've just gone, well, fuck it, this is what I need to do and got on with it. And I think that's probably actually ultimately the the thing most people will end up having to accept they need to do if they want to really make progress. Yeah, like this, every, everything like how you do is a choice. So, um, you know, it's like now if I'm, if I'm going to prep myself, I'm not going to moan about being hungry because I chose to prep. Yeah. I wanted to be bigger um, as a skinny, tall person. Naturally, just common sense dictates that's not going to be, you know, and I, I could figure out pretty early in my lifting career that I wasn't Ronnie Coleman or Jay Cutler reincarnate. Um, So I knew it was going to be a long slog. Um, And yeah, the best piece of advice I can give to anyone is just break it down into the smallest possible kind of 
daily tasks. Yeah. Um, you know, ticking boxes is a very popular thing. But yeah, ultimately, yeah. get stronger. Like, yeah, you know, eat your meals, train hard. I've always been fortunate to have kind of, um, I suppose, again, through swimming, like good sleep patterns because I was so tired all the time that I would just go to sleep at the same time and wake up at like four in the morning to train. So, you still you know, cardio? Have you always kept that in? No, and I do it now and I feel amazing. So, again, um, it's tricky to know if it would have been a benefit or not because, like I said, like I do really think the, the getting fat phase was an important part. Um, I've heard people talk about cardio just for um, stimulating appetite digestion. Yeah. And right now, that's what it does. I do 20 minutes on the bike in the morning and it wakes me up. I'm ready to eat. And it, it's, it's, a, it's a big game changer for me because I can really, because I'm so consistent, I can look back at last year when I didn't do it. Yeah. And I can remember very clearly that on this amount of food, I felt pretty yeah, I remember um, ill yeah, and kind of hard done by. Whereas now it's, I'm almost, because I'm putting on weight quite well, I'm almost looking at like, I could eat more, but I'm not going to because I'll, wait, I'll wait until I need to. Yeah. Well, simple as that. Suck it up, princess. Yeah, it, it comes down to that, doesn't it? Like, and it's the... It's the frustrating thing that everyone will probably listen to this and be like, here we go, here come the secrets. Yeah. Six foot six. There's only so far you can give your hands though. You know, this is a selfish sport, but it's also one that requires you and no one else to do the work. Totally. Um, if you are 60 kilos and six foot two, listen to this and you feel like you're never going to get there. You will if you choose to. Yeah, you know, and you know, just... Every single day. And commit. Uh, there's nothing, you know, I think... People love the word balance, but like at the end of the day, like balance is what makes you happy. So if eating, eating six meals a day, training five times a week is making you happy, then that's your balance. And don't kind of... Rob Bailey's thing about balance. I've not, no. You know Rob Bailey, either. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. So he does a song called No Balance, and he was talking about the reason behind that. And he was like, balance is this really popular, trendy excuse for being average. Um, yeah. But if you want to be truly successful... There is no balance. He's talking about when he set up Flag Nor Fail. Um, and I might be paraphrasing it, but he basically said, you know, for, for four or five years, I didn't get proper sleep. I didn't get time with my family. I didn't train. I didn't train at all for 18 months. And obviously for him, that's a big deal um, because this was the most important thing. And to get to where I am now, there had to be no balance for a period. Um, and the I people, think you ask anyone, you know, um, you ask yourself, like how much have you put into Strom to get it to where it's at? You oh know, yeah, the, the last 18 months, two years have been incredible. Um, yeah. they, they've been the most surreal, incredible experience of my life. Um, but for five years before that, I didn't have a holiday, I didn't have a day off, I didn't, leave, I didn't go to Centre Park, I didn't do anything. Exactly. And I did that, you know, with the hope that it would lead to something. But that's not guaranteed. No, but it's a hell of a lot more likely to happen if you actually do it and commit to Absolutely. it than if you don't even give it a chance. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, 100%. And uh, again, Instagram makes it really difficult because everyone talks about balance. Everyone talks about um, looking after your mental health, whatever. Ultimately, the guys that I see being really successful at the top end of any sport, and this is something we've talked about with Dr. Matthews a lot, um, is, is that ultimately to be really successful at elite sport in any field, um, you have to sacrifice a lot. Yeah. A huge amount. Yeah. And, 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 and in anything, like if, if you want to be successful in business, if you want to be... 
you know, everything requires commitment. There is nothing that is going to be given to you if, if you want to be excellent at it. Excellence is earned. Yeah. And um, just finally, because I thought you would touch on this, but you didn't. Um, have you worked with coaches over this time? I've never actually asked you. I know you've prepped yourself recently. Yeah. Have, have you uh, worked with coaches or have you always just done your own thing? So when I first started 2010 and then I competed 2012, um, I had the same coach uh, for those who's just like a local bodybuilder, um, very old school. Again, I think, in, well, definitely kind of um, those values. enforced the kind of hard work. You know, my, well, I think one of my preps in 2012, it was 16 weeks out, two hours cardio a day. And I was just like, that seems a lot. And he was like, do it. Okay. And let's and I did it, and you know that's what you do. Um, but then after that, I um, I wasn't really sure if I'm perfectly honest. After 2012, not because of anything bad or anything, I just didn't know if I had it in me to kind of take it up to the next level. Um, and then when it came to 2014 and competing, the the main thing that drew me back to the stage was I wanted to see if I could prep myself. Yeah. Um, and that went really well. And then here we are, six years later, I'm still doing it. So. Um, I get a lot of self-satisfaction out of it. I think, you know, it's a, yeah, I enjoy it. And yeah, well, it, it, it's very trendy to have a coach. Obviously you do coaching. There's lots of fantastic yeah. coaches out there, but the fundamentals don't have to be complicated. Get stronger, get heavier, and then keep as much strength as you can while you get lighter yeah. and then win. Maybe Continue to train the same way, you know, all the time, try and hold on to that strength. Like you said, um, and the, you know the majority of the size will will stay, yeah. um, you know, rinse and repeat and repeat yeah. and repeat. Um, and it doesn't sound like you've ever done this, but with taller, slimmer guys that I've worked with, don't diet too soon. Don't think you're getting fat. Shit your pants and diet because all that hard-earned mus muscle will fuck right off. Or yeah. So one thing I like, I've never done. Like obviously, I've competed in 2010. I competed and I looked, you know, nothing like a bodybuilder, but it gave me a starting point. The two years after that, before the next show, like that was just eating. Like there was no point where I was like, oh, this belly's getting a bit, bit. It was like, no, keep going. You know, you'll be dieting, you're prepping, you know. You've never seen particularly bothered when you've gained off-season weight. Um, and, and some people really struggle with that. Yeah, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, when I call it a day, I will be dropping down to a, a kind of leaner, maintainable physique. But, you know, although I'm, at a good level, in my mind, I still want to continue to achieve and I still need to go through the process to get there. Um, I'm not going to rest on my laurels and hope that, you know, I just get better by accident. It's still a real... And where, where is that path hopefully going to take you or have we not said yet? I don't know now. You're saying it should take you. Yeah, that, that, it, it, that's what kind of... I don't like doing what people say. <laughs> Which is a, it's just, but at the same time, that is the only real way I can, I think I can look at developing myself as a bodybuilder. Um, obviously, the guys I'm training with at the moment are both very involved, and in, you know, Jimmy's very focused on getting his pro card, and Jamie has his pro card. Um, so I think that is the natural course of things. But um, when I'm not sure, and you know, this year is all about improving and not getting right I think now. I'm doing a good job so, yeah. and yeah getting through fucking three months of training in your spare room and all yeah. of that jazz yeah
But again, I mean, I suppose I, I followed your Instagram during during lockdown and the attitude that you've discussed tonight of just getting the fuck on with it. Um, didn't particularly look like you enjoyed squatting with a foam roller behind your back against the wall, but but you did it every day. Yeah, uh, you know, I, you control what you can control. People, you know, you can you can moan about everything going on, um, but you know, if you can moan about it, you probably can't affect it. And if you can affect it, just do something about it. Yeah. Um, so you know, I a Corona gave her along. Didn't have any choice. I don't like have any close friends who you know had gyms. I also didn't want to put anyone in a position. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm. I think as a coach, I'd be a bit of a failure if I couldn't actually maintain something with some basic kind of training. Um, and I have definitely. Yeah. You know, I pretty much maintained size. Obviously, I'm back in the gym for a bit now. Um, and I started to kind of grow again because I felt it's a pro like I can. Yeah. Um, but strength-wise, aside from kind of playing it safe in the gym for a couple of weeks, like I haven't been affected too much. Yeah. Um, and I think this is something that, you know, if people have been doing something at home, it makes such a difference. Yeah, absolutely. Compared to doing nothing. That's it. It's two options. And it just, there's not even like, you know, when you put it out there like that, it's like do something or do nothing. Yeah. I don't know. I think if, if you do nothing, then you don't actually want what you say you want. Again, it comes down to that mindset. It's, it's the difference between the guy who goes, well, I want to, but versus the guy who goes, I'm going to. Yeah. Um, so on that note, that pretty much covers it. If you are naturally slim, just put the fucking shift in and you'll get there. It might take you twice as long as your mates. That might not be fair. There's nothing you can do about it, though. It's not fair. It's not fair, but just fucking deal with it. Um, if you are interested in following Josh's training at the moment, he's training with Jamie Johal. Who's taller, you or Jamie? Me. You, even yeah. though he's called the Giant. Even though he's called the Giant, yeah, but I can't, I can't say that off of him. I've got my own name, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so those guys are training together. I think they've got a video out on the Train by JP website at the moment, which is cool as fuck. Yeah. Um, because it's very rare that you get guys that tall competing at that level. And at the moment, there's the pair of them. It's, it's really cool to see British guys at that level. So. I thoroughly encourage you to check that out. And um, we will be catching up at some point with Reese on powerlifting for beginners. So thank you very much, Josh. And awesome. speak to you all soon. Thank you.